it gets a little deeper and but often these are the root causes because what we do in life we bring onto the mat or sometimes mm -hmm. what we do on the mat we bring into life there it's all just patterns being played out in many different ways so the big question is how can physical therapists create a successful career earning six figures or more and give patients the care they need without relying on insurance companies for reimbursement if you want to learn the answers to those questions and more then you've come to the right place my name is Dr. Aaron LeBauer, physical therapist, business coach, serial entrepreneur, and author of The Cash PT Blueprint. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, what's up? This is Aaron LeBauer. Um, welcome back to The Cash PT Lunch Hour. My special guest today is Allison McLean. Allison and I go way back in the terms of PT days. I mean, it's been a, quite a few years. Um, Allison is a uh, physical therapist, entrepreneur, yoga uh yogi a yoga teacher wellness everything yeah, uh from california we speak the same language we speak californian and so uh, <laughs> thank you so much uh for joining us on the show today i really appreciate you taking the time out of your schedule to be here yeah thank you i'm honored so i wanted to have you on the show for a couple of different reasons i think one i, I saw recently that you're doing more like uh comprehensive you said comprehensive wellness programs for entrepreneurs I yep. was like, oh man, like we need to talk about that. So um, I wanted to, uh, and and because I know that you've done a lot of things, like you've had a private practice focusing on yoga therapy. You've yep. also done um, kind of more uh, alternate streams of revenue with what, like essential oils and some other pieces. You've written a book, like um, you know, I think I've got a little uh, health, health quote in your book yeah. here, the Ignite Your That's Wellness right. Journal. Um, a bunch of things. And so there's a lot of people watching. They're like, well, I could never do that. <laughs> or how could I do that? You know, how does she do all that? So um, that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So one, let's start back to how did you get into this whole physical therapy thing anyways? Like, where did that journey start? Oh, well, here our roots are similar because uh, I was a massage therapist for almost mm -hmm. a decade before oh, right. going to PT school. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So I always love to work with my hands and I was getting a lot of repeat clients with low back issues or migraines. And I knew I just had very tip of the iceberg knowledge. And so that's how I ended up deciding to go back to school for PT. Mm -hmm. I was the older student, you know. Right. Yeah. So was I. How old were you when you went back to school? Uh, truthfully, not that old. I was only 28, but it <laughs> felt like decades older than 23 or 21. Right. Right. Where did you, um, did you grow up in California? No, upstate New York, Rochester, New York. Okay. And how'd you get to California? Uh, I am not, I don't do well with snow. Yeah. <laughs> the beach did, called my name. Were you a massage therapist before you moved or was that something that? Uh, no. Yeah. I moved to San Diego, California and, uh, for an internship, actually, my senior year in college, and I interned at uh, Scripps at Shiley Health and mm -hmm. Fitness Center, and at the same time realized that massage would complement that type of work, so got certified out here in uh, San Diego in 2001. Right on. So, um, yeah, same kind of thing happened to me. I was like, I moved to California, and I was like, oh, massage is going to complement my bike racing. Ah, yes, it right? does. <laughs> you know? Uh, so tell me, what were some of the things that that you encountered as a massage therapist in California, um, good and bad, like, you know, 
Uh, well, the good is it taught me so much uh, preparing me for owning my own cash-based practice mm-hmm. because as a massage therapist, anyone can walk in off the street with low back pain or anything, no referral needed, just help me. And I had to learn how to get, I had my own massage practice, so I had to learn how to get my own clients. And I figured if I could do that without the knowledge base of physical therapy school, that when I had my doctorate, hey, I could really rock this. So mm-hmm. I came out feeling more confident, I suspect, than had I not had that massage practice right. prior to PT school. Doing massage, where, where did you feel like your limit was? Like, and what drove you to go and move into PT? Yeah, I had a basic understanding of muscles, you know, and in massage school, the focus is muscles and bones. There really isn't that much knowledge. There's a little bit on tendons or ligaments, a little bit on nerves, but I I just knew that I didn't quite understand what I was feeling under my fingers Mm -hmm. or why someone was having low back pain. I, I didn't understand the pathway as to why sometimes a massage would help one particular person and another person, they might be feel better for a day, but then, you know, they come back because the pain returns. So I didn't understand all that. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever have, like, I had someone say this to me and I, it's, it was, it was interesting. It was, well, I know when I tweak my back, I need to go see my massage therapist. Uh huh. Oh yeah. Have you heard that? Yes. Right. Uh Like I've never heard someone say, when I tweak my back, I know I need to see my physical therapist. Right. I know. What, We're horrible you, <laughs> marketers as PTs. <laughs> right? And I think We're at the learning. time, right? And the time when I heard that, like, it, if, if someone was in California, that was in California, someone tweaked their back, they could come see me that afternoon. It'd take them two weeks to get in to see a PT because they had to get a referral at that point. And yeah. so, you know, did you struggle with um, like the direct access stuff when you became a yes. PT moving from yeah. massage? Yeah, the whole thing, like the volume, the cookie. You know, when I first graduated, I ended up in, you know, a high volume, fast paced clinic. And it, for many reasons, just didn't suit me. The, the good thing about it was I did get my hands on a lot of people and I gained experience and I had some really good mentors. But I, I really prefer the one on one type setting. And, yeah. How did you get from, like, how'd you go from that to owning your own business? Was there something that, like, shifted for you? Or are you, like, tired of this? Like, I got to go do this thing that I was already doing before? Sure, yeah. When I was in the traditional type of PT clinic, I felt like I was a yogi in a closet, you know? Anytime I'd say, because this is over a decade or so ago, anytime I would say, oh, I'm going to go to yoga, a therapist would say, oh, you're just going to injure yourself or... (laughs) whatever. So I always felt like I was practicing in the dark, not telling anyone. So that was not in alignment to begin with. And uh, eventually I met my mentor who ironically, I had seen her practice combining yoga and physical therapy right when I was accepted into PT school. And yoga, I had a few surgeries myself and the combination of physical therapy, yoga and massage is truthfully what helped me to heal. And so ideally that's always what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw her practice and she opened up some mentoring spots and some trainings, I started training with her and then she had an opening in her clinic. So I worked for her for a period of time 
And when she was getting ready to sell her practice, eventually I was, I was let go and um, had to make a decision at that point. Like, do I do my own thing? Do I go work for another person? And my old patients just started calling me because I used to set up my own appointments at the time yeah. and said, you know, can I come see you? And even though I told them I'm like 30 minutes away, they're like, we don't care. I, I want to continue our work. So it was really crazy. The next week I already had five people scheduled. So I felt like the decision was kind of made for me at the time. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. And so were you at that time, were you, you integrating yoga with your physical therapy and using like uh, therapeutic yoga or however we want to. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's what I spent a, a number of years learning from the mentor mm-hmm. was more therapeutic yoga. Cause I knew how to practice for myself, but how do you modify the poses? Uh, I learned the great yoga wall, yeah. uh, meditation techniques, pranayama, all that. Um, and really making it applicable and accessible to, to anybody. Yeah. That's awesome. Are you more trained in like Iyengar style yoga? Is that with the wall? I did. Yeah. So, yep. It's from Mr. Iyengar. So I did, I did a few um, Iyengar trainings under um, a senior Iyengar teacher here in San Diego until she told me, uh, you know, with the Iyengar method, if you teach Iyengar, that's all you can teach. Right. So she eventually told me, Alison, you must choose your path. And I, I practiced a Shanga. So I love that method as well. And I didn't want to be limited. So I was lucky to get a year of trainings out of her. And I studied yeah. yoga therapy with her. Uh, she had a, a weekly yoga therapeutic class. And I, those, those teachers really do put a ton of energy, time, and effort in learning about the body. Mm-hmm. Her knowledge base always impressed me. Sometimes she was a bit off. I'm like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but she did really know a lot. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. While we're on the yoga topic, and mm-hmm. most people who may not listen to this, you might not know about this unless you practice yoga like we do. Like mm-hmm. I'm also a, I'm a Baptiste. Uh, I'm oh, not a certified uh-huh. instructor. I, I did my yoga training at an, at a, uh, uh, it's, it's called a, a Baptiste inspired studio. It's they're not affiliate sure. or something like that. But anyways, that's where I did my yoga training about eight years ago. Um, I've been doing yoga since I was in, college, you know, 20 something years ago. And I've been using it in my practice of physical therapy before, because the corrective exercises or exercises I learned in PT school were so complicated, people couldn't do it. And I was like, screw this stuff. Like I do, I practice yoga. I'm just going to basically take these things and modify them for my patients and we'll do body weight based exercises based on yoga. And so I did that for a while. And then a few years ago, as you know, they, there's now like you can be, you can or cannot be a yoga therapist or a therapist right. that uses oh. yoga. And I'm like, you can't tell me as a healthcare provider, like what to do because I'm a physical therapist and I can do yoga therapy because I'm a physical therapist and all this stuff. Like, do you, like, do you have a one easy way to uh, identify that or have like an opinion one way or the other? Oh, you know, I see both sides of the equation just because I'm friends with a lot of yoga teachers Mm -hmm. and I'm also friends with a lot of healthcare providers that are also yoga teachers. So um, I myself did get my IAYT, uh, International Association of Yoga Therapists, credentialed. Mm -hmm. I was grandfathered in, Mm -hmm. which I'm sure you could have been as well because you were teaching and practicing for a number of years. Yeah. Uh, Yes, that's good. But in the end, sometimes it's just a, it's a, it's a political thing, right? you know? Uh, <laughs> I mean, I understand like, you know, it's like yoga teachers, personal trainers, you know, trying to do therapy uh-huh. is very different than someone who looks like, well, I'm a 
licensed therapists to touch or to help people move doing using these kinds of exercises. And, you know, it was that, that was that, that all came about the time where I was kind of getting out of like clinical practice. And I was like, I don't care. I just do my thing, but I couldn't renew my, I couldn't on the, I was, uh, oh, the yoga have, Alliance, yoga yes. Alliance, like registered. And I, and, and I was like, I couldn't say that I did physical therapy or I couldn't say that I did something. And it was just like, I was like, just yeah. take my money and leave me alone. Or, you know, and now I'm not, I don't teach at the studio that requires me to be, you know, certified. have a yoga Alliance certification. Yeah. So not yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, sometimes if you've been teaching long enough, you don't need yeah. either of those. And I mean, the physical therapy, the yoga world does respect the physical therapy license and yeah. uh, all our education. So it does trump yoga mm-hmm. therapy. Uh, and the IAYT has some really great founding members that really do try to support the healthcare providers. Yeah. So they don't have to jump through as many hurdles as a yoga teacher would have to, to get that same credential. Got, got so it. they okay. do try to, to respect our knowledge base. Yeah. Cause I even someone, I saw someone uh, posted a picture like, you know, here's what happens at the gym. And it was like a trainer manipulating someone's like hip flexors, uh, you know, in the background. And it's just like, in, what's going I mean, on? Or what's going on? Well, I just want to get back to the fact that, like, as physical therapists, we've allowed our brand to be diluted because we don't have a very cohesive brand, probably because we do so many different things. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, because you do, you know, yoga, and then there's people that do Pilates, and people that do like barbell and weightlifting, and they do uh, people. Some people do electros. Was it? What's it called where you stick the needles in your, oh, oh, in, in your uh, nerves and you shock someone to see if they have feeling in their arm? What is that? You know? Dry needling. No, I don't know. Not, that's, yeah, that's was it uh, the electro uh, uh, neurologic testing, right? They do. Um, and then there's people to do um, wound care, right? Wound right. Care. Yeah. So, I mean, that's my, my biggest challenge yeah. in terms of owning my own practice is really clarifying that marketing message. Mm-hmm. Yeah. speaking to that one person. Right. Right. And that's what I want to get to. So how do you do that? Like, what is your marketing message and how do you, how'd you clarify it down to like one person, which is a great, uh, if anyone listens, did you hear Allison say she speaks to one person, right? It's a work in progress, right. but yeah. So right now, truthfully, I am polling people uh-huh. uh, because I had, I was finding my list uh, that was air quotes for those of you mm-hmm. that can't see. But uh, a lot of the people on my list are entrepreneurs. And I think sometimes as an entrepreneur, whether they're a yoga teacher, a physical therapy that own, physical therapist that owns their own practice, a CPA, attorney, whatever it is, I have financial investors, I have a number of them. And sometimes health becomes last on the list. Mm-hmm. And so listening to the responses I get from emails or uh, I do a free consultation. So the pain points that someone might tell me over the years of just hearing common themes and having a similar target, then I've, I try (laughs) to develop the message for that one Mm -hmm. person. Yeah. That's awesome. Sometimes I have FOMO, you know, that I'm, I'm missing out on the other people. (laughs) <laughs> right. That's something I learned um, two or three years ago from uh, this speaker who's an amazing speaker. His name is Joel Weldon. He's like 90 years old and he water skis every year on, he's a slalom skis on his birthday. 
But he does okay. like, hey, he's, he's, he has a seated ski, but what he said was speak to you, right? And that's what mm-hmm. you said. You just developed this, you know, I'm figuring out that one, per, who, who's the one person. And as, as Joel said, it's like, you speak to you, speak to that one person. And I think it's just really powerful that you bring that up because we gloss over that part. We, we build up who we want to speak to and everyone speaks to everybody still in that subset. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, what's the reason that entrepreneurs or business people or busy people leave, make health last on their list? That's a good question. Well, I think as physical therapists uh, or any service provider, a lot of the times they've gotten into their field because they care about people. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's just part of their innate being. So to put someone others need, someone needs before their own, uh, especially if they're a mom and have the, have a family or they haven't felt the positive consequences of putting their health first to mm-hmm. even know or understand what it would feel like in their own body, like waking up with more energy or feeling less sore or being more productive throughout their day. They've never felt that before. So they don't even understand the benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Why? Um, can you talk more about like the, you know, like putting other people's needs first? Cause I know a lot of people do that, right? They, uh-huh. What are the, I mean, it might feel at the time, like it's more important for me to put someone else's needs before mine. Yeah. But what are the pitfalls and downfalls of that? Uh, well, long? <laughs> so you're talking to a, you know, a hyper mobile person. So as Good. a yogi, <clears throat> I'm also very hyper mobile. And I, I was one of the, I say was because it is a work in progress. But I was really lacking both physical boundaries in my own body, but mm-hmm. also uh, in an energetic sense, like boundaries out there in the real world, the ability to say no or uh, express like my needs or wants because sometimes of fears, um, yeah. lack of my own self-worth, confidence, all these buried kind of uh, underlying unconscious thoughts that we don't even realize are going in the background. Right. How do you start recognizing that or getting out of that kind of pattern? Yeah, that is the work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. If it was that easy. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's uh, you know, for me, it's slowing down, which is the hardest thing as an entrepreneur and a mom, because there's always a to-do list, right? There's I, always like my, especially now my daughter's, doing this distance learning. So as a five-year-old, I have to, right now I'm helping her with school. So the list is always ongoing. But instead of trying to move from scarcity or hustle, crossing things off the list, it's actually slowing down enough to stop the spinning wheels and notice what are the repeating either thoughts or patterns of how I move that are actually self-sabotaging so you have to go slow to go faster in the big picture how like you know i i I kind of feel it both ways right like i'm in this to help other people but and my wife is also a massage therapist and it's easier for me to look at myself and go okay if i take care of my needs first i can take care of others first and then i work with a lot of other people who are like i need to take other care of others first to you know, then my needs, and I don't know if the conversation is then my needs are met, but I know that like on both ends, like you know, me 
taking care of myself first can, you know, can prohibit me from taking care of other people sometimes. And other people say, I got to take care of me. It prohibits you from doing that. Like, what are some strategies that people can use to kind of come in the middle and basic, and, and I want to preclude that with, if you're a physical therapist, you're probably not as self-centered as it sounds <laughs> because you're in it to right. help other people too, totally. you know, if you're, you know, but yeah. how do we, how do we start taking action steps to, you know, kind of come back into the center and, and be able to help more people? Yeah. You know, I learned a really tactical scheduling method Mm -hmm. through a podcast and a coaching program that I personally went through. And it was called time blocking, which Mm -hmm. I think as entrepreneurs, we hear of strategizing like few podcast interviews in a row or a few patients in a row. So you're doing a similar activity in a chunk of time. Mm -hmm. So you're in the same brain as we were discussing earlier and the flow is there. So that's one method, but overall to take it even a step further is uh, every Sunday night or Monday morning, I look at my, I, I literally get all that I have to do, whether it be personal or for my business, out of my head and onto a piece of paper. So Mm -hmm. I pretty much just do a brain jump. And then how I schedule my week, it starts with putting my my workouts in or Mm -hmm. right now I have follow-up doctor's appointments. So those go into the schedule first. So they're already carved out. And then I'm going to put in my daughter's needs, my husband's needs. Mm -hmm. Those go into the schedule next. And then I start to fill the schedule with the work needs and the work tasks. And it's not always perfect because sometimes I get, you know, a last minute patient that wants to come in. So I'm learning like how to schedule overflow time and and that sort of thing. But it it has helped me tremendously. If I block off for that that time for myself first, it's in there and it's non-negotiable. Like I don't, I don't change patients uh, appointments on a whim. Why Mm -hmm. would I do that to myself? Right. Right. What are some of your non-negotiables? Like, are there certain tasks Uh, that you do every week? Like I got to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah, totally. I, I, most days of the week, I need to do some type of workout, even Mm -hmm. if it's a walk or for me, sometimes a gentle yoga practice is considered a workout, um, just to give my body time to replenish and recover. Mm -hmm. Um, so either some type of physical movement, or restoration type practice is pretty much a daily or, or else my husband can tell. He's like, Did you, have you done yoga in some time? I think you need some yoga. <laughs> There's like a big sign above that says, watch out, I'm going to explode. You know? like, AKA, yeah, I might be not the nicest person. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I can tell. Like I can tell when I don't work out. I can tell when I need to do yoga. Like my body feels a certain way. It's like, Aaron, you need to do some yoga. You yeah. know, my body feels a different way when I need to, you know, get on my bike and ride for a long time. And, and I'm like, okay, I need to go work out like, like heavy, you know? And so it's like, I've, it's been 46 years, almost 47 for me. I'm getting yeah. into my body. I don't know it is. I know it better and better every day. Are there some, like, I know there are a lot of people on here. They're in like hustle and grind mode. Right. Mm-hmm. And they're probably putting, putting like exercise by the wayside, you know, yeah. how do why is it important for us as physical therapists to actually like move on a regular basis? And also, you know, how do we get that back in our schedule if we've ditched it? 
You know, I, I was totally there. And fortunately, I had a huge wake up call. So um, almost three years ago now, um, I was diagnosed with cancer. And I couldn't work. And I and I'm st- I still have like health things that come up that need to be monitored. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, a couple years ago, I had one of the most best revenue years ever. But I was sitting in the office. I was teaching like 8.30 p.m. yoga classes. I was leading a lot of trainings on the weekend. And I sat there and I'm like, what's the whole, why am I doing this? I'm doing this for revenue. Yes. But the revenue is supposed to help my family. And I'm not even seeing my family. Mm-hmm. And if I keep working this way, I'm going to put myself at higher risk for getting cancer again. And I realized that's not really what I wanted deep down, right? I have my business because it's very fulfilling and I love helping others. But also I want to, I want to enjoy life too at the same time and, and, and be healthy. And, Mm -hmm. uh, so it was very uncomfortable and it still is because I still, my pattern is to hustle and grind and just fill my schedule up seven days a week, like Mm -hmm. at all hours. That's just like what I do sometimes, but to actually, again, slow down and have those boundaries and the confidence to be like in the long run, that's not going to serve me because I'm going to crash and burn, which essentially Mm -hmm. I did. So, um, I had to learn the hard way. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, what happened next? Uh, yeah, so I had to, I, well, well, first was surgery, but uh, then I had to heal and recover from that and learn how to schedule, as I'm saying, mm-hmm. that's part of the reason why I started doing more, uh, investing in more of my own, like health coaching, life coaching, right. that sort of thing, so I could actually work from a place of abundance instead of, for me, I didn't realize, but I had a lot of fears and scarcity mindsets that were the driver. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like what, what kind of fear did you have? Just, well, at first when I, you know, started renting a commercial lease space and investing in um, higher cost mentoring programs, just meeting expenses each month, that was a big driver. Uh, But as soon as I got rolling and I actually noticed the switch, uh, I felt so much better. And that actually attracted more people. Mm, that's awesome. What switched for you? Uh, the belief and confidence in myself of like the value that I offer mm-hmm. and that I can get people results. Yeah. Yeah. How did you figure that out? What, like, what was the, the light? Like, like what happened when like, was there one day you're like, Oh, this is it. Or did it come slowly? You know, slowly, slowly. In fact, you know, I'm still working through that at times, uh, especially now that I'm moving into more of the online space and offering Mm -hmm. online programs. I, I felt that same thought pattern come back. Well, like how can I get people results online? Like now I'm not touching them, which is like my go-to, you know? Uh, so I had to really, what I personally been doing is journaling each morning Mm -hmm. and, um, of all the value that I can offer someone. And it kind of reinforces that pattern. Yeah. That's awesome. Positivity. You know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, one of the things that I was, um, doing this weekend was listening to an audio and it was talking about like your results are, uh, should be measured by your done list, not your to-do list. Oh, yes, exactly. Right. So it's Mm -hmm. like you mentioned the to-do list never Mm -hmm. ends. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, you just said you're journaling by going back and looking at these things. It's like, if you're looking at your done list, 
it's like, oh, look at all this, 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 the results I've got for myself, for my patients, like all these people I've discharged, like all this stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's the done list, but we always, you know, look at the to-do list that never ends. Yeah, that's very true. You know, so what, um, as, as you're moving into doing more online uh, programs, are you still seeing patients in person or are you yep. doing all, pay, all online type of stuff? Doing a hybrid. Um, I want, I, right now, because my daughter is learning from home and for my own health reasons, I want to mm-hmm. reduce the number of volume of patients I see in one week. Mm-hmm. However, I do want to keep those one-on-ones. I really enjoy them. It's very fulfilling. So to make up the gap in terms of revenue, um, I'm offering online programs. However, I feel like they're not second best. I realize now that I have these programs that I'm offering, as I'm teaching the one-on-ones, I'm like, oh, they need this program. Mm -hmm. I I explain it out step by step in the program. So now I'm like, oh, I got to combine the two. Duh. That's awesome. Was it basically like you made these programs out of out of like lessons and strategies and things you've already taught your patients and you said, here, go through this. Yes. Yeah, exactly. It's everything that I've learned like mm-hmm. through the years, whether it be coaching, yoga, like the strength training, traction, whatever it right. is, I have different, uh, I have it organized in a portal. Yeah. What's your, um, do you have like one or two main programs that are doing well for you or that you're yeah, I have the the ultimate wellness program for the entrepreneur that's mm-hmm. doing really well. And that actually when someone purchases that program, they get bonus one-on-one sessions with me, but they also get access to the vault. Mm-hmm. So all my workshops, anything that I've recorded is in there. Uh so they can go through at their own own pace and weekly calls with me. So that does really well. And people do really get good results with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then also I have the programs a la carte. So there is a yoga, I call it the level up your yoga program for those that do want to progress their practice safely, mm-hmm. uh, a nutrition program, because that's a nice complement to the healing right. work in the body. Um, so those are the three main programs. Yeah. yeah. The the ultimate, the wellness program for, is that the one for like entrepreneurs? Is that what yeah. that one is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What does that like entail? Like, is it, is, it's not just therapy, physical therapy or, mm-hmm. you know, yoga. I mean, what's, what's yeah. Kind of stuff so there is, about? yeah, there is the physical component. So let's say there is an entrepreneur that like goes to sit down at the desk and they have some nagging low back pain or whatever. And it's, you know, distracting them. Mm -hmm. So there is uh, physical exercises or yoga postures or techniques in there to help with a physical issue like low back pain. But then there's also uh, 12 weeks of quote unquote health coaching where Mm -hmm. I guide you through these mental blocks or limitations or noticing the thoughts that might be sabotaging. Like, for example, I have a patient that has very tight hamstrings Mm -hmm. that's contributing to their disc pain when they sit and they're a financial investor. Um, So it's like limiting their capacity to work on the computer. And one day he's, he kind of hit a plateau and I asked him to show me how he was doing his hamstring exercises. And he was really gripping and forcing, like Mm -hmm. yanking on his poor legs. And that was contributing to more of his soreness. And it's not necessarily that, that act of forcing and gripping and pulling, but why was he doing it? Mm -hmm. 
And it was a lot of the thoughts going on in his head that he that was actually occurring when he was getting down on the mat, like whether he was feeling pressured for time or was right. mad at his body for having pain in the first place. So right. it gets a little deeper. And but often these are the root causes because what we do in life, we bring onto the mat or sometimes mm-hmm. what we do on the mat, we bring into life. There, it's all just patterns being played out in many different ways. Right, right. Yeah, it's, uh, it's like you, you know, wh- however you are in your in your business, you are in your relationships, or however you are in your sport yes. or activity, you just bring that same stuff in a lot of yeah, places. Yeah, exactly. What kind of, um, like, is this for people that are like burnt out or just stressed or how, like, what's yeah, the... I do, do a lot. It can be pain, but mm-hmm. stress is the other big one, stress and lack of energy. Yeah. Um, so with yoga, there's so much that you can do with stress. Um, and a lot of times energy is depleted or one can feel really fatigued because mm-hmm. they're very stressed. So stress is not going to go away. In fact, mm-hmm. a little bit of it is good, right? It right. allows us to be successful entrepreneurs because it pushes us. However, it's, it's the management of it or working with our nervous system, mm-hmm. essentially. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do a lot of work with that, yeah. down-regulating the nervous system. Awesome. Well, right now is like one of the least stressful times in history. <laughs> I mean, you, my <laughs> eyes are rolling if you can. You know, so it's a really stressful time. Like everyone's stressed out. You know, even if the people's business is booming, right? Like probably mm-hmm. Zoom and Amazon and, you know, some of it's like, well, they got, you know, a lot of business or no one's business. Like, what are some things people can do right now, especially with it being um, really stressful uh, in our country with the pandemic and the politics and all these other things going yeah, on? Yeah, there's like, so much. It's kind of so nuts. Much. <laughs> yeah, I mean, sometimes I find personally the the best thing that I can do for myself to help manage it is just get stuff out of my head and onto paper. Mm -hmm. So just doing a brain dump in the morning, uh, to, and, and that kind of highlights maybe what are the biggest stressors, what are the biggest fears or the biggest worries. And then from there, once you see that, then you can work on that, whether it be through a physical practice, whether that be through a meditation program. And there's many types of meditation programs. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be like clearing your head or whatnot. There's there's different styles. Um, For me also, I find the most effective is uh, a lot of breath work, which is free. You can access it anywhere, anytime, you know? that's so awesome. Those are my main go-tos. <laughs> That's great. What um and you mentioned so you've got an online program, you've got your clinic, and mm-hmm. you've got I mean you've got where like you have like a book you published, you've got I think oil, oil, essential oils where you do uh-huh. like DoTerra. Like you've done multiple, you've got multiple streams of revenue. I think. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So yeah. can you tell me like why did you do those different things and you know because I think a lot of people go in and say, well, I'm just going to treat patients or I'm just going to sell my one thing. Like you've got yeah. multiple like like whether they were called projects or streams of revenue coming in. Uh Can you talk about like why you decided to add those different, you know, avenues? It's it's a weakness. I have this thing called shiny object syndrome. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I don't recommend that. It's one of the mistakes I've learned through the years. 
um, it was, it's a bit of trial and error. And truthfully, it did help me get started having revenue coming in from all these different places. Mm -hmm. But then through tracking it through the years, I'd figure out, oh, okay, what are my primary revenue generators? Let's do more of that and less of these other things. So Mm -hmm. it's not like I don't do the other things, but I've shifted my focus to primarily the one-on-ones and the online programs because that's seems to be what people want. And the other things kind of fall in the umbrella of how I can help them through health mm-hmm. and wellness. Mm-hmm. So um, it, it through trial and error and just tr- tracking numbers, uh, right. then I begin to narrow down. That's awesome. Did you, um, did you have something that you did that you thought was going to be like gangbusters was going to make, make you like, like super successful, have you want to decide that? And then yeah. it just didn't work out. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm not sure. I did think that the yoga wall would catch on more than it. People are very curious about it. But in my mind, when I first learned the yoga wall, I'm like, oh my God, this is, I can do inferior glide. I can right. do posterior glide without me having to like, phys- with my own labor, you know, right. like it's the patient's doing it. So it's muscle memory, it's re-education. I'm like, this is going to go crazy. And I, d- I think people maybe just don't understand what it is or it looks kind of scary like you're going to be tied up or something. <laughs> <laughs> it is popular for the right. yogi. Right. Uh, but at, I think first glance for some of the PTs, uh, they're kind of like, what is this? However, I've had some chiros that have been very interested and have actually installed the walls in their own clinic. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Did you yeah. help them with that? Or is that, was that just um, some? They people? come to, so I, prior to the pandemic, I taught a weekly or sometimes twice a week uh, yoga class using mm-hmm. the yoga wall. So pretty much people just show up to the classes. And then I have a business partner in the yoga world where we lead yoga wall training. So yeah. then people come to those. Oh. We just haven't been doing them because it needs to be yeah. live. Yeah. You know? be, before the pandemic, was that one of your primary revenue generators? Because that was just that fun. was a that was a very both. Yeah. That was a good revenue generator. I was yeah. Fun. Yeah. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see that coming back anytime soon? Yeah. I actually we had one scheduled for April of 2020, so we're looking to hopefully hold it before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's just a weekend deal. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And uh, like, are the gyms and yoga studios open out in Southern California? 10 percent yeah so like i guess three people could come you know oh, wow. three so they could be open but like 10 percent capacity yes you got That's it crazy but uh hopefully it'll continue to progress and then we'll be bigger group yeah. scenarios yeah that's awesome what's your um what are your like three to five year goals like what's next for you oh good question Continuing down this path of really clarifying and staying the course. Yeah. Yeah. Putting the blinders on, doing the work. Yeah. Doing the work, like treating patients, building out just online offerings. Yes, exactly. Yeah. You got well, it. Like putting on the blinders. What do you mean? Talk, talk, tell me about, so I, I, I think I know what dis- you mean, but I want people to understand like what you're talking oh, about. Oh like, yeah. Um, not getting distracted by any more shiny object syndromes. It's essentially, it's planning, right? Because uh, I was actually talking with someone about this in a Facebook group because she wanted to start a Facebook group because that can be a very successful uh, lead generator. Mm -hmm. However, she doesn't have the resources right now. 
So it's not that we're saying no to things, but you have to prioritize what, what's your focus right now. And then maybe that goes on the list for the future. So that's what I mean by putting blinders on is I have a plan. I need to stick to the plan. If something else comes in that's shiny and sparkly, I can evaluate it and then determine where in the plan does that fit best instead of being impulsive. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. There's like, I got my plan and I know like everything I do, it has to lead to the goal. Uh It doesn't lead to the goal. It's like, we're not going to, it's a great idea. Uh We're not going to work on that right now. Maybe we'll do it later. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I'm like, my team will say, Aaron, we should do this. I'm like, great. Does it lead us to this goal? No, not really. Or how is it going to lead us to this goal? Um, Which is important, which is important. It's the, you know, like good idea, shiny object syndrome. Like it can be distracting. Right. Very distra- and energy draining because yeah. now your focus is all these different places. Right. Right. And so many people say, Aaron, I just don't have time to get that done. Like, well, we, I got time, right. It's just the, it's there, there's other, fo- other things to focus on. So um, what Allison, if someone is like, it is listening and they, you know, um, I don't know, gosh, like, let me ask you this question instead. Uh, there's a better question. I think I'll get uh, the answer sure. out of you that I want. What question haven't I asked you yet that you think our listeners would benefit from hearing the answer to? Uh, that is a good question. <laughs> you know, I'm not sure. Let me think on that a moment. <laughs> what, well, what drives you to do all this? And this is a lot. And you got, you have kids yeah. and you got your family and you had an illness and you know, like you clearly have passion for doing this. I mean, you could certainly just go yeah. get a job doing skilled nursing, home health and make, you know, your hundred thousand dollars a year and this be done. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because I actually, uh, my husband and I just had this conversation in May. Um, I ended up in the hospital for a week and I'm still being monitored for some things. And when I was discharged, I was like, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. I thought I, I thought I was doing all the right things. How did I end up here again? Uh, and do I want to continue? And it's funny, my husband knows, like, he's like, well, you can just get a job, or maybe we'll just, you know, downsize our expenses, and you focus on our daughter. But that, that would make my heart so sad. Mm-hmm. I, I, this is my purpose. I feel deeply connected to, to helping other people this way and getting, for me, I feel like my brand is a brand. Some, one of my patients actually told me this. She's like, your message is like a message of hope for people that maybe are suffering uh, with stress every day or anxiety or worry or, or pain and, or given a diagnosis where there is no resolution or there is no solution it's good to know that someone's walking the path already and is able to establish, like I'm hopeful for my future. I'm hopeful for my yoga practice. I'm hopeful for my health, even though I have this genetic mutation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just want to give other people that same, that same hope. That's what drives me. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's important. Um, if someone wants to learn more about you, like, or how do they find you? Yeah, uh, sure. They can anything with ignite your wellness uh, with a UR. So that's the website.com uh, the podcast, the website, they can go to any of those places and get yeah. a glimpse. That's awesome. If you had one uh, piece of advice to uh, younger Allison who just graduated PT school, what would it be? 
believe in yourself, trust yourself. And we learn so much in PT school. Our knowledge base is so thorough. We had to jump through so many hoops to get here and have confidence in that. I see so many PTs that just really, they have the skills, they have the knowledge and they just lack that confidence Mm -hmm. and patients can pick up on that, you know? And that was a huge one for me is really knowing my, my, my value, what I, what I have to offer others. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here today and sharing with us. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, this is the Cash PG Lunch Hour, Aaron LeBauer, Allison, and uh, gosh, you know what? Go out and uh, exercise every day. <laughs> My top takeaways, exercise, get your, like, get your stress out, focus on yourself a little bit to help other people and um, schedule your week so that you can be there for other people. That's it. Yeah, very good. Yeah, we'll see you guys on the next show. Thanks so much, Allison. Hey, what's up? It's Aaron. Real quick, if you're just starting a cash-based physical therapy practice or you already have one and you want to learn how to grow it and scale it, this is for you. I just released my brand new book, The Cash PT Blueprint. Because I want to get this book in the hands of every physical therapist out there. I want to give it away to you for free. All I ask is that you pay a little bit of shipping and handling, and you'll not only get the steps to create your own cash practice, but the tools to grow it and scale it beyond what everyone else thinks is possible. To snag your copy right now, go to cashptblueprintbook.com. That's C-A-S-H-P-T-B-L-U-E-P-R-I-N-T-B-O-O-K.com. And when you get your copy, give me a shout out somewhere on social media, and we'll talk to you soon.